Howdy. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to Why Do People Like Anime? A podcast. A, a podcast. You are listening to a podcast now. Uh, this week we're doing something a little bit different. Uh, usually we watch anime and we talk about it. And just, just me and Julie. Uh, and we did that this week. We've watched uh, uh, Attack on Titan season three. Yeah, this is this is about Attack on Titan season three. Uh, typically, it's just me and Julie kind of yammering about. <laughs> uh, you know, anime and kind of like, you know, how it made us feel, all that <laughs> stuff. What our what our kind of you know impressions are and that kind of thing. And so we've talked about season three, and if you want to just listen to that, there is a whole separate podcast. But this week we've talked to Rob from Machine Head, who just released their tenth studio album, right? And uh which was loosely influenced by attack on titan so like perfect one two three let's go yeah their their new record of kingdoms and crown uh coming out later this month uh i think august i don't want to i don't want to fuck up the date august 26th august 26th worldwide coming up stream it uh it's a really good record machine head i feel like is is uh you know there's 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 some bands where i'm just uh I don't know. It's it's kind of incredible when a band is able to, um, their sound kind of becomes so integral to a genre that like you kind of see it repeating and kind of coming again in different generations of it. Um, if you listen to like you know their uh, their album "Burn My Eyes" specifically, like the song "Davidian," I see so many like hardcore bands like covering it now. Like Code Orange covered it. I think. Um, Fuck, I forget some band recently covered uh, them. I think it might have been Zulu at Sound and Fury or something. But, um, you know, Machine Head, it's like, it, it, they're an incredible band. Uh, Rob was awesome. I've, I've sort of, I, I think I alluded to this in the episode, but like, and this, is how, this sounds so psycho, but like living in the Bay Area, it's like, I would just see him at shows all the time. You know what I mean? So like, he was always kind of like a, a fixture in, in that scene or whatever. Um, but the record uh, of Kingdom and Crown, loosely inspired by Attack on Titan, um, it's their first concept record. Uh, I was, uh, you know, we haven't talked too too heavy into it or whatever, but um, I, in the past, or sort of also in the present still, uh, <laughs> I was a, a heavy metal journalist. This is the cross, this is like the real crossover of anime and metal, which we get into and if you want to just listen to it it's happening right now well we're excited to talk to you uh i grew up in the bay area when i was getting into metal machine head was like one of the first kind of bands i uh sort of got into discovered oh kick ass man awesome um weird uh weird anecdote before we start i had the opportunity to be a total punisher to you um i saw you a couple years ago at the Killthrax uh, Fillmore show in San Francisco. And I was like, man, I kind of want to say something to Rob that I've, I've been thinking for a while, but I was like, you know what? I feel like for musicians to enjoy a show, it's like kind of like a rare occurrence where you're not like obligated and you're just hanging out. So I was like, you know what? I think our paths will cross in the future at some point. And they, and they have. So here we are. Um, I've been a fan of you because I feel like more than a lot of metal bands in the space, I feel like you've always backed younger bands and you've always backed sort of bands that weren't necessarily like kind of canonically seen as cool or whatever. Like, I don't know. Like I remember, I think the first time I saw you guys was on like the mayhem tour. And so like, you know, obviously you have Slipknot and stuff, but like really wide range of bands and stuff. Um, Even like your podcast, like, super wide range of guests uh you Thanks, know, man. So, thank you so i've always i've always really dug you and sort of like what you've done with machine head kick ass yeah yeah so if you can't tell john is john is like the music guy and then i'm like a sponge like and and it's the same with this podcast we we started watching anime and he's been the one that introduces me to all these like different anime like attack on titan which we will talk about a little bit i think okay um, cool but but yeah, his his knowledge of things it, it's incredible. Like he'll pull references out of nowhere. Nice. Um, 
Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. And I, so I'm, I'm just here. I'm just along for the ride. So a little bit about our podcast. It is very like loose. Uh, we already started recording. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, we're just probably going to talk and just see what happens. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, we will definitely talk about the album too, uh, which we both really. Yeah. Into. <laughs> I really dig it. Yeah. No, I, I it's, uh, I, I really dug the record. Uh, the singles are sick. Um, I think like my favorite thing since Blackened, uh, mm. it's, it was really great. Like I'm, I, I like what you're doing. I like, I don't know. I feel like, uh, I was listening to burn my eyes for the first time in a while. And it's like, it's crazy how, like, I don't know if it's like this for you, but I feel like a lot of the sounds on that record have sort of remained in music in a strange way. Like I hear like a lot of bands like Code Orange kind of taking like that and sort of like building on it and like the weird kind of like really metallic-y sort of thing. And I feel like, I don't know, it's like you're really kind of pushing that forward with the new one. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Code Orange would be the first to admit that, you know, like they're huge fans and have worn, you know, machine head t-shirts and their promo photos and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's wild to still be influencing bands all these years later. I mean, for me, it's... You know, it's it's crazy. You know, I'm, I'm always humbled and grateful that anybody's listening to anything <laughs> that we do. Certainly, 30 years into my career, that anybody gives a shit <laughs> about my band is, you know, always. Uh, it's amazing because, you know, we've, you know, Machine Head hasn't had the very typical career arc of a band. You know, most bands have like a really couple of good you know first couple records three records and then you know they kind of coast on that for a long time and you know we've had some of our most successful albums and most popular albums way later in our career and so you know the fact that i'm still able to do this and people still come out to the shows and go crazy and we've got fans that love everything we did back in 1994 all the way till now it's it's kind of pretty special man yeah no, it's funny. I was, um, I was talking to my coworker and, uh, he, you know, he worked at Revolver kind of in the early days and he was telling me like, I don't know. He was like, yeah, like I, I remember interviewing Rob on like the Slayer biohazard tour back in the day. And I was like, holy shit. And he was like, yeah, it was like the interview that made me want to like mm-hmm. pursue journalism because it was like, you were a cool dude. And the fact that like he could go to shows and like make that a thing. I don't know. It was just like, oh, Felt like very like kind of like full circle. Who's that? Uh, his name is uh, Kirk Miller. He's sort okay. of out of like the metal game. Like he mostly does like uh, spirits content. But he was uh, I don't know. It was it was, it was funny. It was like a like a real. Uh, he must know. have been working for somebody else back then because I don't think Revolver came around. I want to say Revolver came around like two thousands or something. Yeah, I, I forget like what it might have been for like a, a radio station or something. I forget like what the. Oh okay. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Revolver, when they first came out, were like really focused on. I remember they always had like Lincoln Park on the cover and Papa Roach on the cover, and they had that yeah. famous kind of kills new metal dead. <laughs> yeah, it's everyone wanted to kill new metal. Like, it was like, this is the record that's like glass job. They're going to kill new metal. Right, right. And it's like the big, thing, every... the big thing. Everybody was hoping to like name that band that's going to kill it. Yeah. It's funny. It's like, I I don't know. Like, I feel like as a kid, it was like, cause I got into, you know, I think I got into like metal in like the early 2000s. So it was like, you know, that was kind of like the, I I guess like the access point was like, you know, corn and then like, you know, some other bands in that sphere. So it was like, why does everyone want this to die? And now it's like, now it's kind of come back and like people, I think kind of get it. So it's, it's funny. I mean, I think it was like a, it was probably a saturation thing. Like, yeah, just so everywhere. And, you know, it's funny because we got we got labeled as new metal for a while. And, you know, when when we started playing the style of music we played it, you know, we were we were influenced by hip hop. We were influenced by hardcore. We were influenced by thrash metal and, you know, throw in a little bit of the cure and there's Machine Head. And, uh, you know, like that term didn't exist when we first started it was like and then people started calling us i was like what wait what's what's new metal like what and what's why has it got an umlaut and you know (laughs) like where did that come from and like i was like okay like i guess this is the new name and you know you just you kind of write it for a while but we were just like yeah we're you know 
that's that's not where we came. we came from a different place and i was playing thrash metal in 1986 when i was in forbidden and violence so yeah i would i would love to find out who like made the umlaut part of the identity <laughs> <laughs> they're like well motorhead and motley crew have umlaut so yeah. Yeah. yeah god People love to define a genre and then tell you that you're doing it wrong and then tell you that you're jumping on the bandwagon and then tell you that it all sounds the same and you keep doing the same stuff. It's like you can't win with everybody. You just got to like do whatever yeah. you know how to do and, sure. and try things when you want to try things because it's just like, it's just like, and, and honestly, it's kind of the same for anime and, and maybe we can talk about anime yeah, totally. a little bit because i'm fascinated by you saying your sons got you into attack on titan and is that right correct how old are you, your boys they at the time they were 15 and 13 and was this like the first anime that you watched or oh, no 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 i was i was a total anime nerd when i was a teenager like i started out as a super star wars nerd like collecting all the action figures. I had the Death Star. I had the Millennium Falcon. I saw the movie a gajillion times. I had, you know, the laser disc that had, you know, Han Solo shooting first and shit. You know, like I, I was crazy about it. And then I became an anime. As I got older, I got into anime. And I got into, you know, like the kind of first era of anime, like Akira, uh, Macross, Robotech, Space Cruiser Yamato, stuff like that. That's what I was, that was kind of like my early stuff. And, um, and then I became a metal nerd, you know, like I got into, I had a buddy who was a tape trader and we had, you know, all the bootlegs and we had all the demos and we had B sides and imports from all over the world. And, you know, that was kind of my transition out of that into that. And, you know, very much a collector's mentality, you know, it was all about collecting all of them, you know, like, and we were nuts about like when we started getting the metal shit, like I had, I had the rain and blood from slayer three months before the record came out it still had the hi-hat counts at the beginning of every song but you know like that kind of shit i had you know i had uh, bonded by blood by exodus six months in advance so yeah. you know that kind of stuff just made it you know you felt like you were part of this world you know you felt like you were part of this cool thing and so um you know, that's what it was for metal. And then, you know, the pandemic hits, my kids have never cared at two shits about anime whatsoever, but then the pandemic hits and they're watching, they both get crazy about it. And they're like obsessed. They're reading the, the mangas mm -hmm. and you know, the story of the manga isn't right to the thing. And you got to wait because there's a little spacer series that's coming in and, and, and I'm sitting there and then I start watching some of it with them and some of it's brutal and it's just weird and psychedelic. And I was like, dude, this shit is sick. I was like, let's watch this together. Like I'm totally down. I was like, I was way into anime. They're like, really? I was like, okay. Yeah. So we start, you know, there's the four of us on our family couch, like watching anime on the big screen. And, you know, we went through a, a bunch of series and then we got into, um, attack on Titan. And, you know, that's a pretty long series, a lot of, you know, a lot of episodes and, and, um, you know, the way that it tied into the record for me was I had been, you know, I had wanted to make a, a concept record and I had been in the process of writing this concept. And, and when I originally started it, you know, it was revolving around two characters and, and it was a very American story arc, you know, good guy, bad guy, good guy wins. And, and, you know, the thing that kind of opened my mind up when I was watching attack on titan was and that was fascinating to me was that they're both sides in that story believe that they're doing good but they're both committing evil and atrocities and you know the record you know there has been some confusion about that the record is not about attack on titan but it was inspired by it in that sense that once i started wrapping my head around the concept that was going on in attack on Titan that I was like, Oh shit, I, I can do that to this concept that I'm writing and I don't need to have this good guy, bad guy thing. Now, you know, it really, you know, it really opened my mind up to the way that I could write the record. And it was, it was pretty wild, man. I really, I really got into it. I really dug it after that. 
Yeah, no, it's um, I feel like you know, I don't know, like something about Attack on Titan specifically, it's like so kind of like stark and like mm-hmm. different looking than probably most other anime. Like I feel like also like you know, like you mentioned, like the the sheer violence of it is just kind of like I don't know, it's it's really it, it kind of grabs you immediately. It's like, oh shit, like I didn't you know, I mean, we were we were watching a couple episodes last night and like just I mean, like the whole design of like the Titan itself, just like this giant, like almost like skinless corpse human. Right. They're, they're ugly. They're right. super ugly. looking. They're so fucking weird. It's so weird. Yeah. Like the whole it's just such a fucking weird show. And I love that. You know, like I used to do a lot of acid. So I was like, whoa, this shit's fucking crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's like uh, and I feel like there's I mean you know, like there's obviously like American science fiction and, you know, a great history of that, but like, kind of like what you said, like, I feel like a lot of aspects of the show, like there isn't necessarily like a representation of that in a lot of media specifically, you know, I mean, looking at the Titans, like looks nothing like anything I've ever seen in anything Mm -hmm. really. I mean, it's, you know, and then just like the mechanics of like the way that they move and sort of like, you know, it's, it's like this European city, but sort of filtered through like, a Japanese perspective and all these things. Right. Right. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think what's true of attack on Titan and of your album is like, they're both like, it's like huge ideas, huge concepts, right? Like, like war fear, like how do you like tackle these like giant things? And I feel like I was thinking about this earlier, like a concept album is kind of perfect for right now because the world is so so fucked right that i think people just want sorry our cat our cat is is very sensitive very uh... sensitive he's like what are you doing why aren't you paying attention and why are you paying attention (laughs) but uh i don't know i just i just felt like it's it's a good time to be like let's all just like escape from this and pretend like we can be like fucking vikings or or Killing Titans. Yeah, killing Titans. Getting revenge. Yeah, or going on a murderous rampage. You know. Yeah, murderous rampage. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, for me, like, I was like, you know, I start telling people that I wrote a concept album. They're like, oh, a concept album. I'm like, look, I'm I'm still the guy who wrote the concept, so you know, it's it's not (laughs) it's not too highfalutin here, you know. But uh, you know, I, you know, for for me, you know, it, it was once I started kind of forming these characters, and it's you know, character number one is Ares, and he loses the love of his life, Amethyst, and goes on a murderous rampage against the perpetrators who murdered her. And then there's character number two, who is Eros, who loses his mother to a drug overdose. And in his depression, downward spiral, becomes radicalized by this charismatic leader and goes on his own murderous rampage and he is the perpetrator who murdered amethyst and so how their lives entwine and you know i've i've written nine albums through my lens like the way i see the world you know what how i view society experiences that have happened to me and you know now i'm writing this i'm writing this story through this character's eyes and then I've got to step into the other character, like the polar opposite and having to, it was such a fucking trip to write like this. And, you know, once I was able to get my head around it, it was, it was, it was really cool. It was like from a creative standpoint, it was really fulfilling. Um, and, and, you know, at the same time, like I couldn't just make it be a story. Like it couldn't just be me yeah. reading, reading lines. Like I had to connect to it on this emotional level and 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 connect with the things that i've you know maybe experienced in my life or whatever and you know it really it really became then about you know murder and love Mm. and 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 i've never really written about love in my songs before you know like we're machine head is not a band that writes about love we write about rage and death and anger and you know depression and those are the, the, you know, those are the, those are the, the four go-to topics <laughs> you know, right? or society. And, uh, you know, to write from this, from this place of this person who lost the love of his life was just, 
it was crazy. You know, like it was a really, and that's the thing that I ended up connecting with. And that's what I ended up channeling, you know, this story through. Yeah, totally. Um, were you like a big writer? Like as like a kid? I mean, I, I did. I always got A's in English. I never liked it, but, but I, but I did good at it. Yeah. You know, I mean, I always got D's in math. So, you know, like, I guess if I if was, I was better at one thing, it was that, but you know, I, I, I do like writing, you know, like I, I guess I never, it was definitely something I got into later in life. Yeah. For sure. You know, like I, I want to say the first lyrics I remember writing were probably like 19, 90 you know like i wrote some choruses here and there like a line or two but like like the first like set of lyrics i wrote i want to say was probably like you know a while ago you know much later in my life yeah you know not like as a 13 year old or something like that yeah so i don't know it's always interesting like i feel like um you know and the musicians i've talked to it's like I don't know the lyric writing it's like for some for some of them it's just like i mean at least like some of the younger guys i i talk to it's like you know some people will go to like rhyme zone and just like it's like yeah i'll try and get the emotion or whatever but you know i'm just just trying to act as like the sound here and then some people are like well you know this is it's like weirdly kind of like i don't know i think there's like a vulnerability and kind of like getting to getting to the point where you can like write lyrics and like activate that on stage and sort of sing it and stuff. So I think it's, I don't know. I always, I always like hearing about like kind of like how singers get into like the lyric writing and like where that kind of comes from. I mean, I'm like, I love rhyme zone, you know, I'll go there and jam out, you know, it's good. It's good to like, just see a different word here and there. Sometimes, you know, sometimes you get, you know, you can get in a rut with words And so to just be like, oh, yeah, this is a better word. Yeah. But, you know, most of the time, you know, most of the lyrics to this record were written between 3 a.m. and 5 a.m. Like I'm a total night owl. Like I almost almost every night I wake up about 2.30 and I'll just, you know, do emails or I'll write lyrics or whatever. Sometimes I just think about music. And, uh, you know, when we were writing the record, I would just get up and I'd, I'd set a timer for 20 minutes I would just get up, okay, get my paper, my pen, all right, 20 minutes, just brain dump, you know, like, don't stop, It. I don't care if it's just stupid nursery rhymes, or, you know, I'm a tea kettle short and stout, you know, whatever, just keep it going, and try and get something, and uh, I did that every day, and, or most days, I should say, and, you know, like, 90, 95% of it's just the dumbest shit ever, you know, like, it's completely unusable, but, you know, every once in a while man you just get these little gems or you just get this little block of like four sentences and those four sentences could you know that's all it took like i just have to be like oh shit like i know where this can go and it could take that and that opens up this whole other channel and uh and so a lot of the the record would do that you know and most of it was you know a lot of times you know i'd sing it and then I take it into the studio and I recorded 60% of the vocals right here, just standing there with the, my, my microphone plugged into my laptop. And, uh, you know, cause we were locked down for some of it. And like, I was the only person allowed in my building and, uh, and you know, like you'd try it and it wouldn't work. You know, you'd write these killer lyrics and you'd be like, fuck, like this just doesn't work. And, you know, you'd try it on another song or whatever, but, you know, every once in a while you just get this one thing. And then as soon as you sing it, it's like, you just fucking know, like, you just know that like, this is it. And I knew like we had started messing around with, uh, the opening track slaughter, the martyr, which is, you know, 10 minute long opener. Um, I wrote majority of these lyrics kind of in one, the chorus and the intro I wrote kind of all in one. And it was after Jared had come in and just kind of thrown down some ideas like, Hey, let me just try some vocal ideas and see what happens. And, uh, you know, a lot of it when we write is just that, like, let's just go in there and just make shit up and see what happens. Like, I don't know where this is going, but just try something. And you know, that first day that he tried something, we didn't really get a lot out of it, but there, but I kind of, it kind of triggered where it could go. And so I came back in with the new set of lyrics and new ideas and like i ended up just 
everything I wrote that morning, I sang that day and, and kept it. I was like, holy shit, this is crazy. Cause that almost never happens, you know, like that much stuff. And, and I remember thinking back, I was like, if I can make this one song work, like this can be the whole story. Like this can be the whole concept right here. But if I can't make this song work, like the whole thing, the whole idea of a concept album is going to fall apart. And I'm just going to have to make this be like separate songs. And, uh, you know, it's funny because if you look at, there's a making of that we put out about five months ago and I'm playing music to that song. And I'm like, I don't know if this is the last song or the, I don't know where this goes on the record. Like I'm totally, I'm just like, we're just fucking making shit up and seeing where it goes. And, uh, you know, eventually like that came together. And then once it came together, I was like, Oh fuck, I can just tweak this and this song and tweak this and the next song. And then now the whole story connects. And it was, it's a really, it's a really great feeling when that happens, you know, like you can kind of see the whole thing pan out. Yeah. Yeah. Everything, everything <laughs> falls into place. No, I mean, I can't imagine, uh, I can't imagine like the work in terms of like juggling a concept record in, in the sense that like, yeah, like, you know, you can write the story and everything, but you also have to have like the songs to kind of back it up at the end of the day also. And it's like, mm-hmm. you know, I remember like, I remember talking to uh, Claudio from Coheed and I was just like, you're fucking, cause you know, like that guy, it's like every record. It's funny. Like you're saying like, this is like the first record where it isn't like your experience. I remember talking to him. It was like the only record of his that like, wasn't like a concept. And it was like, yeah, it was fucking hard writing about my own shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right, right. That's funny. Yeah. So I'm curious, like you mentioned, uh, I guess like in the eighties, like getting any, like, what was your first, like, so like, what was like your perception of like anime as a thing? Like when you first encountered it, there was this, there was this show called captain cosmic, which was, uh, just, it was kind of like a local, uh, TV show. And he played, uh, he played anime, you know, he played all these, he played all kinds of Japanese, like he was really into like Japanese culture and he brought in like Ultraman and like all this, you know, Japanese culture. And so it started off as those kind of, you know, those early Ultraman costumes guys in, 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 you know, in a little set of models and trains and trees and shit, and they're fighting other monsters. And then it kind of segued into anime at some point. And, you know, next thing it was like, you know, once those series ran out that he was playing, you know, his show was wildly popular and uh, he started playing anime. So that was my first experience just seeing anime and it was, and it was overdubbed. So, you know, it was cool to see that. But then I got into it. I got into, you know, I started going into, I lived in Fremont at the time, which is about an hour outside of San Francisco. So I started going into San Francisco, into Japantown, me and my friend, and we started buying like anime books, you know, like they read backwards and like, you know, they're like big, thick kind of novels. And it was all in Japanese, but I just wanted to look at the pictures and, you know, it was like clear, clear plastic with like a print on the inside. And then you put it over and it kind of made like a whole other image on the, and it was just, I was like, this is fucking, as a kid, I was like, this is crazy shit. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so that was really my introduction to it. Yeah. Japantown really feels like you're in another world. It's like it totally does. It's amazing. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, and that store specifically too, like uh, the, the big Japanese bookstore. You know, whenever whenever we're back in town visiting my folks, like it's yeah. it's always like the uh, kind of the first stop. I feel like like growing up in the Bay Area, it's like I felt I felt like there's you know because of like the huge you know like all all my friends growing up were like Asian and like, you know, there was such like a huge Asian population. It's like, I feel like there was, you know, a gateway to like, I, I think, you know, obviously Chinese culture and then like mm-hmm. Japanese culture, like in the way that like, I feel like I might not have gotten in growing up somewhere else. So like, I feel like the Bay area, it's it like really was like kind of like that gateway to like, you know, cause I remember like, you know, like there, like, uh, my neighborhood uh grew up in the sunset there were like you know there there were stores selling like import like video games and then like you know a bunch of like anime vhs is like you know not in fucking english it's it's like you know you're you're on your own mm-hmm. right for, right totally it's for people who can speak the language yeah no that was always i mean that was a big thing for me to go into that play you know to go into japan town and kind of trip on all that and I loved that, and, you know, especially since I had already been into collecting action figures, 
you know, then it was like collecting Ultraman action figures and Macross action figures and, you know, all that just kind of tied into it. So, mm. and then the first time I went to Japan, oh my God, I fucking lost my mind. <laughs> you, know, like, you know, I get there and it's just like Ultraman heaven, Macross yeah. heaven. Like it's, I was just like, fuck, this is killer. Godzilla everywhere. I was crazy about Godzilla, you know, like all that shit. Totally. <laughs> Yeah, we were uh, we were planning a big. Uh, we just got married a couple uh, a month ago now. I, th- I was going to say I thought you guys were a couple. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so we just got married. Our congrats. That's awesome. Was to go to Tokyo for our honeymoon. And nice. <laughs> Pandemic <laughs> totally wiped that it's away, just, but it just never happened. Here's yeah. to be open again. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. Someday. Someday. Yeah. Where do you guys live now? We're out in Brooklyn. Okay. Yeah, but my my folks still live in uh, San Francisco. So, like we we usually come back every. Uh, I don't know. It's kind of hard to leave the city. You know, it's like I, I feel like I can never. Uh, I mean, if the I mean, it's like old story at this point. But like, if the rents weren't so fucking high, you know, ridiculous, I would uh, I would definitely move back. But I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, you should definitely make it to Tokyo. I highly recommend it. Yeah, I know. Like, it's awesome. Totally. Um, and stay stay in the Shibuya area. That's where you got to stay. Yeah, yeah. That's what I keep hearing. Like Shibuya, and then like uh, what is it? The Akibara, like the electric town with all like the arcades and stuff. Mm-hmm. That, that usually seems like the uh, the place to go. It's it's yeah. funny. Like I feel like it's interesting hearing you talk about like anime kind of like as an extension of like kind of collector mentality i feel like it's interesting uh hearing you say that because i feel like i don't know something about like you know I'm, i was thinking a lot about the ways in which like i feel like different interests have become like really really specific in the sense that like you know i mean i remember like even when i was like starting to get into you know weird shit or whatever as like a blanket term it was like you you were sort of into metal you were sort of into you know kind of weird movies kind of experimental stuff like all these like sort of different things and like now it's like you can you can sort of find yourself in these like different kind of i don't want to say fandoms but like interests or whatever like subcultures subcultures and they're just so like i, I don't know like feels like everything's sort of mixed together but also like really well well yeah it's like the way that the way that like we talk about like people in the 90s like discovering anime or something like for the first time that was like so niche like you had to be like in a city or or know somebody to point you in a direction that you might like and maybe you've heard of it but you think it's weird and i feel like it's the same with like metal music sometimes too right uh everyone's got this kind of preconceived notion of um what (laughs) what that means (laughs) what that is and it I I don't know part of part of like this whole podcast for us was was I had a lot of preconceived notions about what anime was and the only way that I was going to figure out what it was is by watching a a shit ton of it (laughs) but then like nowadays like maybe your kids just went on online and oh, yeah. and they just found it that way. Yeah, they've never been to Japantown. No. And they probably and they'll probably never go to Japantown. You know what I mean? Like they've got You got to take access. them. You got to take them to Japantown. I I they'd love it. I'm sure they would, you know, like but they just, you know, they've got so much. You know, the thing that I think that's really cool about it too and I got to give you know those you know the anime companies credit is that they really do like they create this whole world around the anime and i and i love that i love that with a band i love that with an and i love it with the series i love you know i love it you know whether it's the sopranos or whatever like you feel like you're part of this world you know i think walking dead does a great job of that you know like there's the walking dead and there's the walking dead after show and then there's the walking dead podcast and you know like there's this kind of culture that they build around the show and you know my kids are reading you know my kids don't give a fuck about reading anything you know what i mean but you know like they haven't really cared about they both got they were both crazy about reading and they got totally out of reading and now because of the mangas Oh, yeah. You know, like they fucking read, they devour those oh, yeah. mangas, like, and there's hundreds of them and they're yeah. just reading them all the time. And, you know, the, the manga, of course, is part of the story, 
But, you know, sometimes like the TV series has to make these kind of filler episodes because it, the manga isn't finished or some shit like that. Yeah. And, like, oh, yeah. My son's like, my son's like super hardcore about it. He's like, I'm not going to watch those filler episodes. Screw oh, that. Yeah. I'm like, why not? Like they could be great. Like who knows? No way. It's not part of the manga, dude. Like this is just a filler. And I'm just like, Oh my God, it's, it's nuts. But, but, but there is this whole culture around it that allows them to go down the rabbit hole. And I think it's, I think that's awesome. You know, to me, that's, one of the things that I think they enjoy about it the most too. And certainly one of the things that I enjoyed about it. And it's, and, and in many ways I try and bring that into machine head, you know, we're, yeah. we're trying to bring this whole culture of everything into what we're doing. It's not just a record. It's not, you know, it's not just a show. It's like, you know, you feel like you're going to someplace else when you're at a machine head show. And, mm -hmm. you know, for me, I always said like, even like back in the nineties, I was like, I want Machine Head to be the Grateful Dead of metal. You know, like I don't, we don't need to be played all over the fucking radio and all over the fucking whatever the MTVs or the whatever. Yeah. You know, but we've just got this diehard fan base that lives and breathes the music that we make. And, you know, like I think that's, to me, that's the ultimate goal. Yeah. No, I mean, it's like, um, I don't know. Like I feel like when a band's able to kind of like create like their own visual, like, you know, when you immediately see something and it's like, oh, like that's a, it's a machine head record or it's like, I don't know, like I saw, there's like this uh, streetwear brand. I don't know if you saw this, but like they, they use like the burn my eyes, like kind of logo and like did like their logo with it. I don't know okay. if I'm snitching. I don't know if I'm snitching this brand out. It's called Stray Rats and they did like a hat in like the machine. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Someone yeah. showed me that. Yeah. I saw yeah. that. I don't know. I feel like it's, it's, it's interesting. Like I think, um. I don't know. It's like, I feel like there's a lot of like, in, like parallels with like metal and anime in the sense that uh, like, I don't think it's like a, a coincidence that a lot of Hot Topics business model has gone from like metal shirts to like anime, anime. shirts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, it's like, that's all it is now. Yeah. I so mean, I th well, the hot, the hot topic by us just closed down. It's now like a fucking GameStop or something, but oh yeah, well, there's a couple. <laughs> there's a couple other you know there's like Spen spencer's is still around which is crazy to me and it's all anime yeah like you walk in and it's just the every fucking shirt in the in the front is anime we uh we were uh julie's family's in virginia and so like we went to the mall there and so like the zoomies hot topic and spencer's were all like next to each other and it was okay. all anime and it was all the same stuff and same it was just like every store I, something yeah. something about that just like broke my well, brain it's kinda. just like it's just like the the weirdo shit is so accessible now like uh, online you can just find your people now and it's it's very simple it's very easy so now more people are into it more people are trying it <laughs> yeah right and then Which the brands nice. are trying to yeah. cash in <laughs> yeah we were looking for uh we were looking for a birthday present for my youngest son was looking for a birthday present for my oldest son and uh, his big brother and uh yeah we went into zoomies first and it was all like tie-dye like tie-dye mania like everything yeah. was tie-dye then it was like just i don't know he was like eh, like none of this shit and then we went into uh, another place and it was all anime you know and then and then we found the, the last thing i think we went to tilly's and it was more like skate clothes or whatever yeah yeah r.i.p hot topic there was like a uh Topic. <laughs> there's like a i don't know if you ever saw this but in the West, you're declaring hot topic dead loudwire says so i mean it's it's kind of hard not to feel that way like sometimes it's like the there lights is, are too bright the music's too soft i will say there is like a uh there was a concept have you, have you been to westfield mall in uh, san francisco i don't think so so it's like uh it's the mall with like the fucking bloomingdales it's like all this like you know like the gucci store the okay the like the schwanky mall the schwanky mall but okay. in the basement there was a, a a concept store called hot topic rocks uh which was only music stuff so like only band shirts and then they had like a lot of records and cds and stuff okay totally failed like clearly no one went in there but it was great because all their records like fucking no one bought them so it'd be like you could buy like a a, a collector's i forget what i got i think it was like <laughs> I think it was like a, a a ride the lightning like ultra reissue for like eight dollars, hmm. and I was like, I shouldn't be buying this. This is like this is proof that 
something they definitely, they definitely put it in the wrong uh mall <laughs> yeah <laughs> like so it was, it was the weird. hot topic rocks next to the gucci store was kind of destined to fail <laughs> <laughs> right? you know, like, what, like what are they thinking like yeah yeah they're, they're a little too early <laughs> like, yeah. i feel like they don't know yeah they don't know what they're doing yeah um i feel like uh what, there just went. There just went all the Machine Head show, shirts out of the uh, Hot Topic account. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I just like, they never took us anyway. Those fucks. So fuck them. Okay, Spencer's. Spencer's was listening to. They're like, yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like it's it's uh, yeah. All right. It was it was like a you know, weird... the thing that's great. You know the thing that's great though. You know, like th- there was always a you know there was always a big drama with Hot Topic not wanting to take us, and it was just like you know like that was before you could really make a, a, a robust online store. And, uh, you know, we got the merch rights back to our stuff and, you know, we just built our own fucking store and we're like, fuck yeah. you guys. Like, you know, like we don't need you guys now. Like we can just sell shit directly to our fans. They don't got to go to the mall to buy a fucking machine head shirt. They can just come to the, the online store. And it's been pretty amazing. You know, we own a hundred percent own operate, fulfill print, you know, make the designs with our graphic artist buddies and it's been pretty it's been pretty cool to kind of go back to and that's how we started you know we started doing all that it was very punk rock very diy you know i had my friends craig bearhorst and aaron making shirts for us and we'd just sell them i mean we'd literally just sell shit out of my car we'd sell shit at shows like i'd go with a backpack full of demo tapes at and go to the possessed show with the omni in oakland and just fucking sell demos like fucking drugs <laughs> like, and people bought it and people sell shirts and sell merch like that. And, you know, it made a, it made a thing. And then somewhere along the line, you know, you get signed and you got to kind of give that up and, and, uh, or some people had to give it up. We had to give it up in our particular case, but you know, getting it back, you know, whatever, seven years ago now or whatever it was, it, it was really like, it was a cool feeling to get that back, you know, and just be like, oh yeah, this is like, this is what we fucking started out doing. Like, this is not, this isn't hard. And, you know, to just kind of, it makes it, you know, I think our fans feel more of a connection knowing, you know, they're not buying it from some fucking big giant company who does BTS and fucking, you know, like whoever. And they're buying it from us. You know, it's part of the culture again, like making it part of the culture. You don't have to send uh Twenty dollars off to Blue Grape and hoping uh, <laughs> it's some giant shirt. Yeah, no, it's uh, I don't know. I feel like I feel like merch is so important. It's like it really. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it informs so much, and I feel like it really. Yeah, I mean, especially like a band with like shitty merch. It's like it's like a it's like a weird. I mean, I guess you can do shitty merch in a cool way if you're punk or whatever. But like, if you're like. I don't know. I've mm-hmm. I've been turned off by shitty merch, which is maybe like stupid, mm-hmm. but it's definitely it's definitely part of the overall. What's what's shitty merch to you? Just like I mean, like if a design doesn't fit, like the, I feel like maybe in like the late two thousands, it, it seemed like to me like there were a lot of um, like merch designs that was just like we're buying the design and throwing the band name on it and just you know okay. getting it out there as opposed to like you know like what makes sense in the context of like what our band does and like what it sounds like and like what does that actually look like on a shirt and let's hire an artist yeah <laughs> right yeah like i can i can see that yeah i, I agree with that uh it's it's like so i come from an art background and i feel like there's this like mass exodus from from like this like gallery mindset like being an artist like having a label or like doing this and and uh and, and like so many people are being successful by being self-sufficient. And I feel like people want that now, especially just, just like in general, I feel like there's this like feeling of like, why just support the actual person? So I think right. it's great. I think it's like so awesome that you guys have control of your, of your shit. Oh, killer. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Um, One thing I wanted to bring up yeah. totally unrelated to merch. Yes. Uh, I was listening to your episode with Jamie from code orange earlier forgot where it came up i think he was talking about how his family doesn't like the screaming so much and you made a point that you know screaming it's like the it's it's this emotional catharsis and music that people don't get too much and like sometimes people don't necessarily understand that i feel like specifically in attack on titan Mm -hmm. the the there's like this 
emotional catharsis that comes from like the characters like screaming um specifically at the end of the second season when aaron uh is is sort of uh i forget he's fighting uh the female titan that killed his mom or he's right. trying to and then he and you know spoilers Bertolt dies or something right and he lets out this like guttural scream that that like you know it's like one of those screams that you remember <laughs> uh I, yeah and it's like I, I don't know why but like it you know in watching it then I had like this it, it kind of hit me where it was like there there aren't there like there's not a lot of media forms where like uh a, a true like emotional guttural uh exertion of like emotion like that is is accepted in some way and i don't know like listening to you sort of talk about the way that the scream works in music i don't know like i mean i guess because we were talking today it made me connect those dots or whatever but i think it's interesting how like anime and metal both have like this you know i mean not that every character in anime screams or whatever but it is like happens a lot it is like the <laughs> it is like a weird focal point of anime where it's like when a character finally has like an emotional catharsis it often comes in like you know this really i don't know this delivery plus, plus in the context of like a japanese anime or something like where the idea of like you know screaming <laughs> screaming in public is not anything that ever happens yeah you know right yeah because the society is a lot more like polite and yeah, exactly. Reserved. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I could, I, I see, I see where you're going with that. I mean, I think that, you know, I, I mean, that's one of the things that's kept me sane and, yeah. you know, being able to fucking scream. I mean, I'd probably be dead or in jail if I, if I didn't have this release. And, you know, I say that kind of with a smile on my face, but it's true. You know, I was, I was going down a really bad path for like my early twenties and I was hanging with some really, really gnarly people. And, you know, there came a time when, when I was just like, I, like, I don't want to go down this path anymore. You know, like this isn't, I, I just want to play music and I just want to, this is what I want to do. And, you know, I was watching my friends get arrested. I was watching my friends overdose and die. And, you know, I just was like, I, you know, I got to do something else like this, this, there was no plan B, you know, with machine head. There wasn't like, well, if this doesn't work like, I was like, this has to fucking work. Like, this yeah. is, this is it. And, you know, lucky for me, it, it panned out, you know, we worked our ass off, we toured our ass off and, and made a name for ourselves. And, and, you know, here we are all these years later, you know, but I, if I didn't have that release, if I didn't, was wasn't go out and couldn't go out and scream into a microphone and and get people excited you know like things could have went a really bad way yeah totally i mean uh, so much of anime is like we we talk about like so much of anime is about depression and and rage and (laughs) and issues and so much of metal is about that and it's like well fuck it like sometimes you need to make a concept album to to get these ideas out and and sometimes you need to make it anime to 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 i mean it's like have you seen neon genesis Mm -mm. okay you gotta watch you're watching death note right now oh Oh, nice yeah Yeah. that's a that's solid that's my first anime that i tell people that's the that's the anime that got me into anime oh okay cool yeah that's a cool one but neon genesis without any spoilers then like genesis you said yeah, Neon Genesis even. Oh, Neon, Neon Genesis. Okay. Yes. Yeah, it's a, it's a good nineties nineties. Yeah. Anime. <laughs> uh, also very weirdly psychedelic and sort of about gray morality. Yeah. All, okay. Always dealing with these like moral questions and and dealing with death and and uh, but in a way that's like accessible to people that don't know how to <laughs> express their feelings sometimes, you know. But that's like a big one. Where you feel the creator okay. on the other side. As yeah, a, we'll check that out. For sure. Yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know. It's like, I, I think it's, it's, uh, there's some, you know, I think for, for me at least, it was like hearing, you know, metal for the first time. It just like something about it clicked. And I think, 
even if I didn't understand it necessarily, something about, I think a lot of, some of the first anime I saw where it was like accessing this emotional thing that I feel like a lot of American media wasn't in tune with. It was definitely not like the same exact thing where it's like, you know, I think metal was maybe like this uh, exertion of, you know, a lot of, you know, like dealing with a lot of horrible things happening, being young and sort of having like an outlet where you can feel safe and being angry. Mm. Um, but or you know sort of related emotions to that but then with the anime it was like you could also feel safe and i don't know yeah, just seeing yourself in the character like it's it's yeah. pretty it's kind of simple when you think about it but it's also like really effective and really it like changes people's lives so that's why there's such these like huge like fandoms around these anime and around like machine head yeah iron maiden could be anime you know what i mean like <laughs> what's that iron maiden could be anime <laughs> I mean, in some ways they kind of are, you know what I mean? Like Eddie's mascot, you know, that, you know, like that, I think that that so many people gravitated to that imagery, you know, like their latest album doesn't even have a picture of the band. (laughs) It's just Eddie slaughtering people in Japan, you know, in like samurai era Japan. Like there's literally no band photo. I'm like, yeah. And why you don't need to put a band photo. Like all you need is Eddie. Yeah. You know, like you've yeah. cre- you conjured the imagery, you know, each time. I mean, dude, like you're totally right in the sense that I literally stared at th- those first two Iron Maiden albums for probably 24 hours of my life. You know, like yeah. this is the fucking coolest band, you know, like just especially Killers. I always thought Killers was great because it had like the porno shop in the background and the two people having sex in the window. And then, there, you know, he's fucking killing somebody and, you know, all the, the kind of gritty, you know, there's prostitutes hanging in the background. It was this gritty world that Eddie came from, you know, yeah. South London. And, you know, like I, I love that, you know, and yeah. all they had to do is just expand on that, you know, and people just people's imaginations did the rest. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, they make they make London sound like uh like the the underworld. <laughs> yeah. I don't even I don't even this that this has nothing to do with anything really. I feel right. like I feel like the next big metal band is gonna be like anime metalocalypse. <laughs> right. I feel like I feel like once if if some if some band member I don't know, somehow comes across a lot of money and figures out how to do really good animation behind them and is able to like actually have an anime or something like that playing in the same way that like I think Death Clock did like, you know, you have people like really legit musicians playing and then like you're able to like have like this visual thing kind of in the background. I think like that's gonna. (laughs) Uh, Well, I think we need to make an AMV, right? You know, yeah. what, you know what AMVs are? Yeah, I love when our, our fans do that a lot. They make AMVs of our songs. I fucking love that, dude. I think that's so cool. Yeah. They just, did one, they just did one to our new song, and I was found it, and I was like, that's fucking rad. That's awesome. Yeah. There's got to be one to attack on Titan, though, I feel like. Just, I know. I mean, gonna, I mean, I'm, wait, I'm waiting for the Machine Head attack on Titan mashup that some fan does. I can't wait to see that. You know, like, I really think the opening yeah. track, Slaughter the, you know, the Slaughter of the Martyr is like, it's it's character number one's origin story it's him right after he loses the love of his life and he's in his darkest deepest anger and he's just fucking you know seething and you know it's just him going through his life and i'm just like god that could be the sickest amv or fucking whatever you know it could be if somebody wants to go you go crazy out there and make that shit happen because i'd love to see it so would we. <laughs> I, don't, I, I, I think for me, like, I don't, I wouldn't want Machine Head to ever have, like, anime playing in the background. Like, one of the things I do that, that is, like, a pet peeve of mine now at, like, show all shows, but, you know, metal shows in particular, is when a band has, like, constant shit playing in the background yeah. while they're playing. Like, I, f- <laughs> and, and, it, and the only reason it bothers me is that I, it's not that it's not entertaining, it's just that I completely tune out the band like, yeah. and I just, it's like, it's got TV, you know, it's like TV. It has such a power over me that I will just watch that and I won't give two shits what the band is doing. You know what I mean? And then I ended up missing, like I ended up missing songs and I'm like, not, and I just feel like it sometimes 
it's cool when it's done right. And I think when it's done artistically, it's cool, but I feel like it does have the power to, you know, supersede the band. And that's what I don't like when I see bands do it. Yeah, no, I feel you. We, uh, death, death clock was obviously, you no know, death clock was an animation. Yeah. The whole show was about that. You know, we toured with death clock on, on their, their, I guess it was their final tour, <laughs> their final tour. <laughs> I don't know what it was, but uh, yeah. I mean, it was like a whole show based around, yeah. you know, the characters talking and in between the songs, they had like skits and, you know, so it, like it did feel like that, you know, like it was yeah. like a whole trip and they would just come out and play. Mm. Mm. Yeah, no, uh, fuck. I know what you're going to say, it, but we agree with you because <laughs> we've been to shows where the animation behind is so like impactful that you're just watching the animation at a certain yeah. point. We don't have to. We don't have to drag. I'm not it. saying that ain't gonna happen, though. You're probably right. That's probably that's probably coming down the pike. You know. Yeah. It's probably coming down. It'll be like a, you know, and that's cool too. Like that, there can be a band. You know, there can be another Death Clock. There can be another. You know. Yes. Yeah. No. There's room. I feel you though. It's like uh, I like that. I feel like Nine Inch Nails. Like they they were sort of doing a lot of like video wall stuff before a lot of bands and then like i think a lot of artists started doing that and they were right. like you know i fuck this like we're just gonna have really good lights and just kind of <laughs> you can watch the band yeah. and it yeah. was like it was a decision like you know we're gonna i always felt like nine inch nails did it so tastefully though like, yeah they did it, like they i mean you know i can remember seeing them when they had the kabuki up and they were projecting I forget. I don't even remember what song. It might have been "Hurt" or something else, but it was. Uh, no, it was the. Anyway, they had like a projection in front of him, not behind yeah. him, but it was like a see-through screen, and then they had one light down on him, and then it was basically just like flowers dying, you know, rats dying, and then yeah. disintegrating, and then you know, like it just kind of was like, and it, you did just kind of watch that, but you just kind of go back and forth, and it was such a slow song anyway that it was like, oh fuck, this is killer. Yeah, yeah man. Death. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's basically all it was was just death. Yeah, um, look at it, it was great, man. Um, I guess to to finish things off, Rob Flynn, why do you like anime? Yeah, I mean, I think for all the stuff we've talked about, you know, that, that there's a connection. There is a, I mean, it is a very, uh, you know, I, I love how emotional they've made a cartoon. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like a cartoon series that can really like, you know, it can make you cry. Like it's that fucking powerful. It can make you mad. It can make you feel something, anything. And, you know, I think that that, that right there is, is the secret to why people, you know, when it's done right, you know, it's the same as music, you know, it can have that kind of deep emotional effect on you that can last forever, mm -hmm. literally can last you for the rest of your life, you know, affect you and change your life and make it for the better. Well said. Amazing. <laughs> Perfect. Well, Con congratulations on the album. Thank Tenth you. Tenth album, right? Yes. Please. <laughs> uh, of Kingdom and Crown. Yes. <laughs> awesome, guys. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks for chatting. All right, yeah. man. Take it yeah. easy. Guys, peace. Thank you for listening to this episode. Uh, I want to give a, a thank you to uh, my good pal, Joe DeVita at Loudwire. Um, he reached out to me and, and, and sort of pitched this. It's been a minute since um, I've done a lot of metal stuff. Uh, I guess, you know, obviously this album kind of crossed his desk and the loudwire team so um, thank you for thinking of us yeah we really you know i we had a, we had an awesome chat with rob um and thank you to rob obviously for spending some time to chat with anime with us yeah and you know shout out to the whole loudwire team um once upon a time i worked at loudwire for a while um genuinely like uh i i miss it a lot because like joe is an awesome dude um got to work with a lot of really cool people there um, and it was, uh, everyone's just very passionate about the genre and metal and everything. So, um, and they got a really awesome team right now. Uh, I think Rabob is the EIC editorial director. I don't know what the exact title is, but she's awesome. I really like the kind of direction Loudwire is <laughs> going to towards. 
Outside of of reaching out yeah, to no, speci- John and crew, sp- specifically for John uh, and Julie for specifically p- podcast crossover. Uh. <laughs> no, yeah, all, all that aside, you know, it's it's awesome seeing you know what what she and the team are are, are sort of doing with Loudwire. So, um, you know, and and who knows, this could be the start of of some more stuff. So, um, but yeah, thank you for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed. Uh, and want to listen to more of, of me and Julie yammering about anime, uh, feel free to subscribe to us. We're on uh, Spotify, iTunes. If you enjoyed this episode, please, uh, you know. Leave us that five-star review. Leave us that five-star review if you feel so inclined. And you can follow us on Instagram, at Why Do People Like Anime. And if you have any questions or comments, you can email us at Why Do People Like Anime at gmail.com. And, uh, you know, we do this every week. So next week we will watch more More anime. anime. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good one. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you.